Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God designed people to reach people. When I explain to you at the end, when you get on the GMO, what Jesus is saying to us today is the same thing. You feed them. Well, I don't have time to feed them. I don't want to feed them. I got my own problem. You feed them. Grow up. You care for people. Could it be that we don't share because we don't care? The early church spread throughout the Roman Empire without motor vehicles, without telephones or the internet or organized church structure. Millions were reached in just 30 years despite crushing persecution and without the protection of the state. Pastor Mark will be teaching that they did it by each Christ follower being obedient to Jesus' command to go and make disciples. You'll hear about the need that today's world has for you to make yourself available to others and to tell them about Jesus. You'll learn about a way to use technology to share the gospel. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Mark chapter 16 as he continues his message. God reaches people through people. First Peter, it's almost to the end of the Bible. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Now I'm going to ask you a big question, so you've got to put your thinking cap on. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. If you get to the book of Revelation, you've gone too far. Just come back a couple books. Three, actually. Now, I'll ask you a question. Who wrote First Peter? Uh... Peter wrote 1 Peter. Is that good? You say, what a stupid question. No, listen. Peter wrote 1 Peter. He would have written the things he learned while he walked with Jesus. Does that make sense? Well, sure it is. So look what he writes. 1 Peter 2, 2. Peter says this. Like newborn babes crave desire, pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may, say it with me, grow up in your salvation. So what is Peter saying? He says, I know that every Christian like me started in the baby phase, but we don't stay in the baby phase. Little Kimmy likes evaporated milk. She'd drink the milk rather than eat the food. We have to give her just a little bit to get her moving. 
Now, two years from now, she's still drinking milk. Something's wrong. Same thing for Christians. Paul, when he goes to Corinth and says in 1 Corinthians 3, he says to the church, just like it, he says, I'd like to call you mature, but I have to feed you with milk. You're carnal. You think about yourself. You're fussing with other people. You're not at all growing. I can't give you the things you need to grow. I can't give you spiritual meat. We have to play around with the baby issues again. How to be saved, want to be water baptized, read the Bible. What is wrong with you, he says. So Peter knows if I'm going to grow, if I'm going to mature in my walk, simply it's going to come from the word of God. Desire this, the Bible. Have a desire to be in it and understand it. Now, Jesus also made this powerful statement in Matthew 4. Jesus says this, Peter heard it. It is written, man does not live by bread alone, physical bread, pita bread over there, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, knowing the word, even teaching the word, doesn't bring real growth. The 12 heard these keys. So my spiritual growth is going to come from the word of God. That's what feeds me. That's what grows me up. That's why you're here. But look at what else has to happen. Here it is. Jesus said this in John 8, 31. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, if you stay in my word, if you study my word, if it becomes part of you, you are my disciples indeed. If I'm not in the word, I'm not interested in the word, I'm not around the word, you couldn't call yourself a disciple. You're going to have to call yourself a baby Christian, a new convert. Well, Pastor Mark, I've been a Christian 24 years, a baby Christian, a new convert. Doesn't matter. See, how many years you're a Christian has nothing to do with our spiritual maturity. Then he says this in John 14, 15. If you love me, obey my commandment. So it's not just knowing the word, it's obeying the word. Here's what I want you to write. Spiritual growth, it's not a, it's a, like really a no-brainer, comes from knowing and obeying God's word. Very often at the religious holidays, Time and Newsweek and those other magazines, they always come up with some kind of a a cover that looks really good religious. And they had a cover, a picture of Jesus, and here was the title in Newsweek. It said this, forget the church, just follow Jesus. Well, that sounds pretty good, but it's 100% wrong. Who is the head of the church? Jesus. Who designed the church? Jesus. Who's the one that said the church would never be defeated by Satan? Jesus. So what are you doing here? You're doing here what God designed for us to do. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul said that God gave pastor teachers to teach the word of God so that the people that he's teaching would not be tossed to and fro, baby things, all kinds of issues, but they would grow up in their maturity with the Lord. So you can't forget the church. How can you forget the church? This is where we hear the word of God and grow. But why are we two inches deep? Because most Christians will show up to church whenever it fits their schedule. They'll go into the word, they'll read the word whenever. 
I don't know about you, but if you're not in the Word on a routine basis, you're still a baby. How to do life comes from the Word of God. That's why we're two inches deep. And of course, then we have no way to help somebody who asks the question, what does it mean to be a disciple? Well, let me tell you what it means. Well, are you doing that? Well, no, but here's what you need to do. Well, that doesn't work. So we begin to understand that principle. Now go back to Mark chapter 1. What is one of the areas I need to grow up in? Mark chapter 1, just where you were, second book, go to verse 35. Jesus had been ministering the day before and all kinds of miracles took place. It was wonderful. And notice the next morning, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, he went off to a key, a solitary place where he prayed. He went to pray. During these quiet times, Jesus was praying with his father. They were always in a conversation. This was his quiet time. Now, Peter, when they woke up later, notice verse 36, Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Jesus, everyone's looking for you. Get back to the house. But look at verse 38. And Jesus replied to Peter. Now, remember, they're learning something from this. Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages In other words, I'm not going back there. Wonderful to be there. I know there's hurting people there. But this morning, as God and I talk, God rearranged my day. We're going to the nearby villages where I haven't been, so I can preach there also. I've been reminded of why I've come. You see, during that reflective quiet time is when God feeds our spirit and moves us from immaturity to maturity. Write this down, would you please? Consistent growth comes from our daily quiet times with God. Some of you say, what is a quiet time? It's where you take 15 or 20 minutes, you get together, you read some word, you have a little journal, you write, and you listen to God speak to us. You see, nothing can take the place of my quiet time with God. Nothing. There is no other discipline that will clarify the vision and the purpose of God in our lives. Not one. That morning, Jesus' purpose for that day was clarified by God. Now, when you have a quiet time, you will discover that all hell breaks loose when you're trying to get alone with God. Amen? Phone rings. Somebody interrupts you. Now, I've had a problem. Kimmy, I said this last three nights, she slept all the way through. I get up at 6 a.m. or 5.30, just depending on the day, and do my devotion. My wife gets up a little later and does her separately. So I get up, and Kimmy's not in the bedroom. She's out in the kitchen in her cage. So at 6 a.m., I have to walk real quiet past Kimmy's cage. Because if she wakes up, guess how much devotion is going to happen? None. She's going to be out, blah, 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 away we go. So what do I have to do? If she wakes up, then I have to call my wife and say, Honey, this is your turn. i got to go do my devotions. When I'm done, you can do yours. Don't let Satan defeat you. Find a way. Find a way to get quiet with God. Nothing can replace your quiet time with God. Nothing. When it does, 
You operate in the flesh. That's the word carnal Christian. The day doesn't go right. It's all about you. And we look back and go, what happened? Just exactly that. Now go back to Mark. You're there. Verse 17, chapter 1. Here's the next thing I want you to write. Step up. Not only grow up, but step up. Learn how to share and care for people. Now I'm going to read Mark 1.17 in the New Living Translation. Notice what Jesus says. Jesus called out to them and he said, come follow me. These were his disciples that he was beginning to disciple. And I will show you how to fish for people. See, Jesus had already taught the great commandment. We're not only to love God, but we're to love people. Right at the start, the disciples see priority. God, people, and the use of our time. They already begin to see, because of Jesus' statement, Jesus says, my goal is to make you a fisher of men and women. You go out, you find hurting people, you catch them, I'll change them. Later in Luke 19, Jesus says this, I came to seek and save that which is lost because lost people matter to me. Disciples, watch me. Lost people must matter to you. Now, why did people matter so much to Jesus? And why do individual people matter so much to us? Because of one eternal truth. Here it is. One day, Jesus says this. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world? Money, property, popularity, fame. But lose your own soul. Is anything worth more than your soul? The answer to that question is obviously no. See, you were created, every single of the seven billion people were created to know God. Ecclesiastes says that God put a hole in our heart. And that's that's filled with Jesus that gets us to God. We never have purpose and meaning. And we die without God. And we will spend forever. We don't even understand that. I certainly don't understand it. Apart from God in a place called hell. So there's nothing more important than people having the opportunity to hear the gospel and then make a choice. We don't make it for them. They have to make the choice. But they need to hear it. And as we know from the website, more than 2 million people who just have computers. What about all the others you'll see later that don't even have a way to get to it? They have the same questions. So this is the priority. But having a heart for them is not enough. We have to learn how to share the good news. Jesus would be the role model. The disciples would follow him. And they'd run into a religious man, Nicodemus. They'd watch how Jesus shared with him. What does Jesus say to Nicodemus? You must be born again. I don't care about the rest of the stuff. He says, Nicodemus, you got to be born again. Huh? Eventually, Nicodemus gets born again. The woman at the well. Well, you got five husbands. You're living with somebody now. How's that doing for you? Would you like to change that? Would I like to change it? Can I change it right now? Instantly changed. The woman caught in adultery. Man isn't there. Set up from the religious leaders. 
What does she expect? She known, she's seen it. In a moment, the stones are flying and she's murdered. She's dead. She is stoned to death. She looks up and there's nobody there except Jesus. He forgives her, but he makes a great statement. Go and sin no more. Quit the lifestyle. They're everywhere. Little Zacchaeus, remember? Rich, come to my house. Gives his money away. Becomes a follower of Jesus. See, we have to learn how to minister to people, and they're going to have different questions and things that we have to learn. Now, you say, well, is that really true today? We have those kind of people today? Are you kidding me? 2,000 years later, nothing's changed. Our neighborhood, our world is filled with people that are simply trying to do life without God. Think of the people outside here that aren't in church today. What are they doing in life? They're doing life 100% without God. How is that going to work? It doesn't. It simply doesn't. But they're blinded by the enemy. So these people are empty and lonely and guilty, and they're afraid of death. See, people are born, and God puts these three things in them. Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? And what's going to happen to me when I die? Don't be fooled to think that people aren't saying that. They are. Hurting people are everywhere. It was no different in Jesus' time. And look at the solution Jesus gave when we deal with hurting people. Look at the solution Jesus gave. Here it is, Matthew. Matthew wrote it. Then Jesus said to these hurting people, come to Calvary Chapel. You didn't like that? Well, let's just change it then. Come to Pastor Mark. Put your name there. Doesn't sound any better either. Don't make fun of me. What does Jesus say? Come to me. What does that mean? The only solution to man's problem is Jesus Christ. It's a personal Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. You see, the solution is there. Please write this down in your notes. Never underestimate the appeal of the gospel. The gospel reaches, it doesn't matter what the condition of the person is. You'll see this later, all the questions people ask. They're from A to Z. They not only get forgiveness when they come for, to Jesus, but they get the Holy Spirit to live in them that can direct them the rest of their life. So we have to grow up. We have to step up. We have to learn how to share and care for people. And number three, we have to step out. It's not enough to know how if you don't step out and do it. And what do I mean by that? I have to step out of my comfort zone and I have to touch people. One day, Jesus and his disciples were walking, and they tried to get away for some rest, didn't work. So Jesus sat down, and he taught the people. He taught them all day. See, at the end of the day, there's 5,000 men, so probably 15,000 people. At the end of the day, Jesus says, uh, we're going to feed these people. And the disciples go, okay, we're supposed to be learning, but like uh, the 7-Eleven's a long way away. McDonald's doesn't have a line's going to go out the gazooey here. We can't feed 5,000 people. And Jesus said, well, just go see what you have. They came back with five loaves and two fishes. And here's a statement that blew the disciples out of their comfort zone. What if I had, you were up here with me, and we had five loaves and two fishes. 
for you to feed the people in the church right, that you're standing in front of. How would you feel with that? Would you call that out of your comfort zone? Here's what Jesus says. Let me read it to you. It's powerful. Mark six thirty seven. Jesus says this, you feed them. And they replied, with what? With these? 15,000 people, with these? You feed them. Jesus isn't going to feed them. You'll feed them. God designed people to reach people. When I explain to you at the end, when you get on the GMO, what Jesus is saying to us today is the same thing. You feed them. Well, I don't have time to feed them. I don't want to feed them. I've got my own problem. You feed them. Grow up. You care for people. Could it be that we don't share because we don't care? So they fed the people. And every time they came back and their basket was empty, it was filled up again supernaturally. You see, what Jesus was trying to say is, you step out of your comfort zone, I'll be your source. Pastor Mark, I don't know that I can do anything. He'll be the source. When we step out, be Jesus in our world, great things happen. I want you to write this down. You need to understand this. And this isn't about outside of the world. It's right here. Hurting, searching people means open doors. When you and I are at work or you're on the internet or you're at school or neighborhood, listen to these things. People who have problems in their marriage, their sickness, loss of a job, financial problems, accident, divorce, death of a loved one, birth of a baby, prodigals, drugs, alcohol, pornography, a life filled with activity, but absolutely no purpose and meaning. All of those are open doors. There's no difference in people around the world. Zero difference. I've been in like 50, 60 countries. Every person's the same. They have hurting issues. They have problems. And Jesus says, all you that are hurting, come to me. I'll give you rest. Now, Linda and I do a lot of missions things, and I want to show you a trip we took to India. Now, as you see this little church, we went way out in the wilderness, three or four hours away from really anything, no electricity, nothing. And I want you to understand the people that you're going to see now. These people... 90% of them can't read or write. Can they know that God loves them? Well, how are they going to know that? They can't pick their Bible up. They can't get on the internet. They can't read or write. How are they going to know that? People are going to have to touch them. Well, here we are. Inside the church, I'm teaching. I'm teaching those people. See, Pastor Mario, there's not a lot of people that you went all the way here just to touch him. Hey, one matters. I'm teaching them. Can they know that God really loves them? Yes, they can. Now, there's another pastor beside me. He's Indian, because he's going to carry it on. Amen? That's discipleship. The church isn't the building. It's the people who still worship Jesus and praise His name, despite whatever obstacles stand in their way. Today, we want to invite you as the extended Church of Jesus to join us virtually for our weekend worship services. Pastor Mark and Calvary Chapel Melbourne are continuing to meet online during this time, and you can be a part of our services. Visit calvaryccm.com live to watch on our website or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku. 
just search for Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Our services will take place at 6 p.m. on Saturdays and again on Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45. For more information or to find links to our stream, visit calvaryccm.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor Mark's teachings from this series and feel free to share them with your friends and family. We also have devotions available under the Connect tab and you can visit our social media pages as well. All this can be found at our website. Again, that's calvaryccm.com. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to ask that you continue to pray for our country and for those around the world who are suffering during this pandemic. Please lift them up to the Lord and pray that His name would be magnified in every corner of the earth. Please pray for our leaders as well and for your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you feel led to support Lessons for Living financially during this time, we would be grateful. You can donate online at calvaryccm.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.